the only way to create new fresh stuff is to create create a new vision and to explore. Uh, if you sketch the, sketch the thing that already exists, it's not it's not fresh. You're not creating anything new. So if you're sitting there, I think that this my personal kind of philosophy is like. If you're just going to be mining other people's images to try to create a fresh idea, there's going to be somebody else out there that is sketching that idea and bringing it into reality. And that'll get fed back into the global kind of, you know, awareness of what's been done, what is fresh. Welcome to Play in Conversations, the podcast where we delve into the world of design and explore the endless opportunities that await designers and brands. I'm Simon Martin, Head of Content Strategy at PlanCo, and joining me is Brendan Hutchison, the Founder and Director of PlanCo. Greetings, everyone. Together, we'll be your hosts as we embark on insightful design conversations that inspire and inform. Jason was born with a pen in his hand, and sketching is his language. His impressive resume includes designing headphones at Samsung Design Center, aircraft interiors at Boeing, the Model 3 at Tesla, footwear at Adidas, and electric freighter trucks at Daimler. At Play Co, he helps our clients innovate in healthcare, architecture, and transportation. And while this is the kind of experience most designers only dream about, he's just warming up. Yet in spite all of this achievement, Jason remains refreshingly humble, optimistic, and brimming with energy. He now spearheads Play Co's explorations into cutting-edge creative technologies to elevate our work in meaningful ways. There's no better person than Jason to weigh in on the role of AI in design. We invite you to engage in this enlightening conversation, one we hope will inform, provoke thoughts, and above all, add a touch of lightheartedness to your day. Jason, so good to have you on today. You've had a remarkable start to your career, starting at Art Center. You've worked with everybody from Adidas to Tesla. Tell us, who are you as a designer and, and more about your approach to design on a, on a very fundamental level? Um, yeah, I've had a, kind of a fun journey. Um, I went to five different colleges over nine years. I nearly finished a product design, uh, industrial design degree, and ended up uh, going after my original dream, which was transportation design. And that's given me the opportunity to work across a bunch of different spaces. Um, but as for who kind of I am as a designer, I'm just, I'm on a, I'm kind of on a learning journey, exploring kind of every new challenge. Uh, but I've been lucky to kind of build a toolkit of approaches and experience and expertise by being in all these different fields and working on a bunch of really cool projects. Uh, that I can bring to every new challenge, but I'm always looking to kind of explore uh, a new area where I can bring a new perspective. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm guessing if there's one constant across all of these disciplines, it would be, you know, your ability to be a visual communicator and and sketch. How how early did you start sketching? Was that something that started when you were in high school, or is that was that a learned skill in college? How how have you uh, put those ideas to page? What's what's been your your process there? Yeah, I've been told I started like scribbling things before I was walking. It was that and throwing balls, uh, kind of like my two talents from day one. Um, now, all through kind of 
elementary school. Um, I had a buddy whose dad was an architect, so my brain kind of lived in that world for a long time. But in high school, I caught the, the car design bug and started looking at you know classic proportions, E30 M3, Volkswagen Beetle, 911, uh, classic Mini, which really stuck for me. Um, and that's kind of, uh, you know, mastering those proportions was what kept me ticking. And I was really lucky in high school to have a, a pottery teacher look over my shoulder and say, you know, you can do that for a living. And that set me off on the path I'm on today. Uh, but yeah, sketching is kind of my quickest and um, most effective form of communication, not words. Uh, so it's, it's the thing that when I have an idea, it's a, it's a visual concept, and the um, the quicker I can communicate that with another person, uh, the better. And that's typically with a pen and paper at a table having a conversation. I mean, we're talking about sketching, right? So everything from a napkin sketch through to that moment of a sketch that almost feels surreal anime out of this world that is almost better than a photo, Jason does all of that. Um, so his, for him to say that sketching his, his language is an understatement. Um, so I know that he sketches all day, every day, and he's got piles and piles and piles of little black sketches on, on white bits of paper. But, um, I think where I've seen that magic come to life is in his ability to capture people's imaginations through the art. And uh, a friend of ours once said that um, a rendering is, might be a statement, but a sketch is a conversation, right? And so I think that's where Jason really hits, hits the balance of that. And I'm super, that's why I'm pumped about his explorations into AI facilitating that. Well, let's, let's touch on that for a second because so much of developing those new ideas and to your phrasing Brendan out of this world ideas uh Jason can you tell us how you mine from existing images um and produce something fresh uh where's your sort of uh your where does that energy come from and, and tell us a little bit more about that process you build on a little bit of what Brendan was saying is you know a sketch is a conversation and I'd say like I spent most of my time in like high school and in college trying to master putting down on paper really quickly what's in my head to communicate. And at a certain point I felt comfortable enough with that, that I really, only, I really only sketch when I have something new to discover and explore or communicate either with myself to move a project forward or to facilitate a conversation with a client or in a presentation with the team. Um, and most of the time, you know, I would say like before AI, my brain was doing that visual mining. You know, you just, I will just endlessly scroll Pinterest or Le Manouche. I have like a, you know, backlog of bookmarks uh, in Chrome of old tumblers that have great inspiration. And it's kind of when I overload my brain and I'm looking for something and a way to communicate it and a way to kind of piece together a new concept, a new way of building something. Um, I visually mine and a picture starts to form in my head. And the quicker I can get that down in a simple way on paper, the easier it is to capture and move forward. Uh, if we want to jump into the AI discussion, uh, I've 
not been, I think, quiet about, especially in conversations with friends and other designers that I've worked with, that I think like, you know, the, the mid-journey route is, uh, you know, a, a risky route to become reliant on because it is mining from existing objects and your ability to control the output and create something fre like truly fresh uh, seems very difficult to me. Uh, there's people out there that have figured out how to write prompts to explore something visually. But for me, my fastest form of communication is with like a pen on paper. Why would I try to do that with words and let a computer try to piece that together for me? I'm, well, I want to put a, a sketch on paper and then use some words to help back up where I'm going. Um, and that's where I've been trying to explore kind of my uh, process or where I truly believe AI can help me um, either be more efficient or accelerate or find fresher ideas and expressions um, in kind of collaboration with AI. You were on the fence for a while, right? Um, and like most creatives, um, there's apprehension and there's, um, I wouldn't call it hesitancy, but there's a, there's a cautionary, uh, there's a cautionary element to, to a just blindly kind of accepting that this is the new way of working. Right. And so I think where, where Jason was coming from was like, I'm going to, if I'm going to accept AI, I'm going to do it on my terms and it's going to be a way that catalyzes and adds value to my process. Um, and that's, I, I have to commend him for that. Cause I was kind of drinking from the Kool-Aid right out of the gate. I'm like, fuck me journey. Look at this shit. I can just punch in some words and <laughs> voila, I have a brand. And I think where, where playing conversations has been really rich is we've been debating this shit for at least six months, maybe almost a year. And, and over the course of time, we've come to form a pretty strong point of view on this. So an image created in mid-journey is not a concept. It's, it's just an image, right? You still need to build a concept around that. You still need to add value to the proposition. If it's a three-dimensional object, you still got to build the fucking thing. I think where Jason has hit a sweet spot is that he has found tools that are incredibly nascent, that many people haven't heard of yet, and crafted a process with those tools that is unique to his style that is adding value, genuine value to the creative process. That's the high level. So, so, so Jason, can you, can you jump into what that looks like or, you know, without divulging into too many, uh, secrets here, um, like, like what, what, can you walk us through what that process sort of looks like today for you? Yeah. I mean, essentially from, you know, the description I gave of like what my process has been, I don't really want to change my process because it's been a very fruitful and efficient way for me to, um, you know, move through the design process, have good conversations and move the design dialogue forward. Now with a two-year-old, my time has kind of been squeezed. And, and if I can figure out a way to work in that similar way. I mean, we're always evolving our process with new tools. Um, like Blender is a great example. People have been able to visualize their stuff really quickly and in 
high resolution because that tool has become so easily accessible. This one's still kind of in its uh, early early days, but what I was looking to do was basically accelerate a workday and accelerate my output. So I would typically spend, you know, find a great key sketch that I create on paper, scan that in, overlay it until it's kind of a better resolution, just the right amount of Photoshop to bring it to that next level. And then I would use, we'd use that as a checkpoint to, um, to evaluate and then move forward to higher resolution, prototyping, CAD, etc. So the kind of rabbit hole I went down was how can I use one of these, some of these tools, especially the ones that are available to like download offline where I'm not contributing to the larger model, you know, proprietary developments, but control that in a way that I can, you know, jump forward eight hours in, in 10 minutes and have, you know, either a sketch that I would have done in or very close, 85% of the way there. So I do a little Photoshop when we're done. Or if I can multiply that 10 to 100 times really quickly, that would be awesome. And that's kind of the direction I started exploring. And where I ended up um, was seeing a few people doing really cool stylized images uh, using stable diffusion. Uh, so a lot of people were having fun with Midjourney. There's a lot of amazing stuff that can come out of that. Um, you can type in, in the style of, there's a whole other discussion about, I think like the designer ethics of like stealing other people's style or being influenced. But when it spits out a high res image, you can't, you can only Photoshop so much to make your own. It doesn't feel like you're building on your ideas. It feels like you're kind of accepting something else out of the machine. So I was trying to look for, not go straight to, photo real render, but just move my process forward. So to dive into kind of what that actually looks like is it's still the same thing. I take a sketch that I think has great proportions, cool details, has some ideas. And instead of trying to write a bunch of words to get an image that is in the realm of what I want, I'm actually putting a sketch in and I'm using stable diffusion and a couple um, kind of add-on tools that will read that sketch and look at a low rake adaptation model of my portfolio of work and essentially go through the process I would have over top of my sketch. Um, and what I found is like by not writing a lot of words and letting it read the sketch and look at the way uh, my pixels have lined up historically on my favorite renders and sketches, uh, by not writing prompts, I get a better output um, that just is built around describing the volumes and the surfaces or kind of the graphics that I'm exploring in the sketch. Now, when I add keywords like Tesla or Porsche or Mini in a sketch, it tries to graft like a 2006 Mini onto my sketch and it feels old immediately. And that's where I think has been like, I'm having the most fun. I'm wanting to sketch more because it feels like I can accelerate the exploration that I would have done. And then some that I may not have ever had the time to in my traditional process, um, you know, with the workday, uh, you can only do so much and I can only push my ideas so far, but if I can kind of automate myself and the way that I build on top of an original sketch, that can, it can take you a long way really quickly.
We'd like to take a moment to remind you that Play in Conversations is brought to you by Play Co. If you want to explore more about design opportunities, discover new insights, or connect with Play Co. for a design project, be sure to visit playandco.com. If we stand, if we take a step away from the process of creating a sketch for a second and 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 this idea of saving time potentially saving money. Do you think that this is going to help people like yourself, designers like yourself move further upstream and produce better quality work in shorter time, shorter amounts of time so that they can have better quality offline? I mean, that's a nice utopian kind of context, or do you think it's just going to speed everything up and make us run around that, <laughs> that wheel, you know, that rat, rat race, whatever that wheel, the hamster wheel faster. I think it'll be, I, I found that it's become easier to generate a hundred images and spend just the same amount of time during my day to look through all of them and then want to build on too many of them. But if we look at, you know, like, the designers that have managed to really control their process and their conversation, they get paid more for less amount of time. And if I can, you know, get deeper into the ideas faster, I can work on maybe more projects or just get more of my time back in the day to think about the ideas and not be in production mode so often. And that speed to the next conversation, the next review it's kind of like packing in, you know, most of a week before Friday review and we could do it tomorrow. If the ideas and the logic and the brief are clear and sound, we can just get it done quicker. Maybe work a four day week, mm. um, get inspired more. And I think that's totally possible, but it's, it's going to be very easy to just try to do more and more and more because it's kind of exciting to have this level of output. Totally. And Jason, in a previous conversation, you discussed how uh, you're not an artist, but instead you're a designer. <clears throat> you sketch to communicate and explore and problem solve. So ultimately, by utilizing these new AI tools, you're essentially jumping into a new time dimension in terms of evolution of ideas. At what point do you think it becomes too dependent on AI versus when it's time for yourself to step in and start making more informed decisions from a human-based standpoint? Where do you, where do you draw that line? And then let's say you have 100 napkin sketches. How do you know when it's the right one to evolve into, you know, the next yeah, stage of the design process. I mean, we just uh, got off an hour long brand design review and I can't tell you how important it is to like collaborate and have real conversations with other designers and stop and look at the work that you've created to move forward from it and to build on it. Um, it's really easy to think every one of your sketches is worth bringing forward, but like you said, I'm, you know, I don't really consider myself an artist. There is artistry to what we do, obviously. And there is a time to do those things for you to express yourself and explore kind of new mediums, new ways of visualizing. Um, but I sketch to communicate and to, you know, participate in the design process. I want to be solving problems through my 
visual communication. So I really only want this process to become like a kind of a collaborative effort for myself to move quicker and be solving things. You know, uh, I don't really like working on a project unless there's a clear brief. Um, that's one of the things that I think we do really well here at Planco is, you know, brief a project for success. Um, that's, that comes from a lot of experience and research and understanding of like the direction you could be going. So it's, it, it's totally possible to, you know, go down the rabbit hole of how many cool looking things I can create, but that's not really what I'm after. I want to be exploring new ideas, new kind of fresh things that solve real problems. I'd like to jump in there too. Uh, your question is pretty poignant, um, Simon, and I'm not prescribing anything, but maybe Jason, was it Teague when, when um, the leadership of SciArc, um, the architecture design school in LA, um, came up for a brown bag one day um, at, at the aviation studio in Everett and he's a guy by the name of Hernan Diaz-Alonso. So he's the director and CEO of SciArc and he was presenting um, some of the work, some of the architectural projects that they'd worked on over, over the past decade, two decades. And he's worked with all these amazing architects from Norman Foster to Zaha Hadid and the same similar sort of question came up, right? Um, after he'd presented it, someone from the from the gallery said, "But you know, at sketch level, at certain stages in the process, when do you know that this is the right concept? When do you know that this is going to be the best possible solution for um, for the users?" And he just replied, "He's like, you never know, you never know," <laughs> and that that's that's part of the magic, right? Between humanity and machine and art and design it's it's that we will never be able to predict the future but there seems to be a pattern of people who are really good at what they do and the ability to generate amazing products designs spaces of value so i thought that was really refreshing that we can look to ai for all the answers but i don't think it's going to give us all the answers we're still going to need the human element to jason's point we're still going to need to debate we're still going to need to shoot the shit we're going jason's going to need to go down to the ridgefield brewery and sketch on a sketch on a napkin with a few beers uh on a tuesday afternoon because he's hit the wall by staring at a screen yep so 100 percent. yeah i think that the human element is extremely important. Like I know where my CAD modeling abilities end for communicating and moving forward in the design process. I know how, how to sketch model, but at a certain point I got to work with somebody who has mastered that and maybe doesn't have the sketching and communication ability I do, but we'll sit together and I'll draw lines on paper and we'll understand how to mobilize the energy we have to put out to move the design process forward in the later stages that is always going to be there. And, you know, for me to have more of a command on my communication is really just where I'm kind of exploring at this, at the moment, we haven't really talked much about like, uh, right now I'm just trying to move from napkin sketch that I know has some, has the juice, you know, it has something there to work from to the next level. But to create a, uh, you know, an AI model that will take my second level rendering and take that to, you know, a, a higher resolution or photo real visual, if that's necessary for the process to sell in investors or 
you know, just to get sign off in a larger design review of uh, a photo real visual. That's all stuff that we do in other capacities by overlaying CAD with proper reflections. You know, that's that's all kind of normal procedure. But is there a way to more effectively and properly communicate that and still have the work being created be accurate and workable and buildable? That's what I'm after. Mm. That's where I'm going to keep exploring on this, this journey. At Play & Co, we like to tell stories. Um, I like to communicate and, and to show what the concept could be at the end of the road along the journey. And what Jason is talking about is there's one piece of the puzzle that he's exploring right now, which allows him to elevate very, very early ideas to kind of presentable um, concepts, you know, at a very early stage. What then happens when we say we've got a we've got a project that could really use some storyboarding, but we don't have the budget for a Hollywood storyboard artist? Well, turns out there's a tool for that too, and we can direct the AI tool to help us create a storyboard narrative that that um, champions the experience flow that we're trying to design around, or that the product will fit in, and so. What it allows a company like Play & Co to do, and I'm sure a lot of companies, is to elevate the caliber of storytelling, which will minimize um, confusion and will kind of inspire and align people a lot more early and just get us to focus on getting excited about all the work, which I think is what we're all about. So, yeah. And I, I think to, to add to that, when, when, when you become excited about something, it becomes, you know, contagious, contagious. for, for other people. And, and to, to that point, uh, Jason, you've been getting some remarkable attention, uh, on your Instagram, which for anybody listening is at cards, GNR, C-A-R-D-S-G-N-R. <laughs> Car designer. <laughs> Car, car, car designer. Car DSGNR. Car DSGNR. Let me, let me rephrase that. That was cute, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> um, you better okay. keep that laugh in the podcast too, by the way. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe we just keep this all in here. Yeah. I can I can I can <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so so on, on the note of of, of that, um, you know, when 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 you get excited about stories, other people get excited about stories. Uh, it becomes very contagious. Uh, and Jason, you've been getting uh, a lot of attention uh, lately on social media, particularly on, on Instagram, where people can follow you at Car Designer. Uh, that's spelled C A R D. SGNR, where you've been sharing a lot of your uh, AI development process. What what have uh, what have some of the subject matter uh, examples been there that have gotten conversations started? Is it more leaning back to your transportation design days or your uh, athletic shoe design days? Uh, what what sort of actual content that you're creating are you finding is resonating? Yeah. That's it. It's funny. Um, most of the conversations I've, I've had, like probably sixty or seventy, like direct messages, but not like comments. People are like, "Dude, 
the, the napkin sketch stuff is really, really cool. Like, what are you doing? And like, I, I love that. Like, cause that's, that's where I live. You know, that's where most of us live is we're constantly like putting something in our head down on paper and we're going to revisit it later to see where that idea can be taken. Um, so like the most interesting, most interesting conversations have been with like a couple instructors at, at art center who are kind of, you know, facing down the, the like current day realities of AI and, you know, the education, like design education system. What do we do? And my point of view on that is like, you know, art center is insanely expensive. If you're rolling in with like mid journey images, you're just sketching over, uh, you're, you're kind of cheating yourself. And I think you still have to do the work. Like the only way I've gotten some cool, essentially automated overlays of my like napkin sketches is because of like 10 or maybe even 12 years worth of my work whittled down to 44 images that I trained an AI model on to look at, you know, you have to do the work, you have to learn because at a certain point you're going to be just a, almost just a curator of where your sketch could have gone. And that's what it feels like right now is I know which ones have like the idea I want to communicate hiding in them in the right proportion. But if you're, you know, you're a student in, in school and you're trying to figure out how to utilize AI in your process, I'd say still focus on the fundamentals. I think the one great image that really demonstrates your fundamental understanding of, you know, design principles on the right project is better than 60 images that are just kind of built on something else and you're not really learning anything from it. That is something you can stick in your library of, okay, that one I learned something from. That's how I look at my portfolio of work. It's the where ideas maybe could have gone further. You're not going to get them all right when you're in school. Um, so a, a hot render is only going to do you so much to get some eyes, but uh, a great choice or a great set of pen sketches is what a manager will see incredible ideas possible yeah. uh, to, to pull from. Jason often talks about the 10,000 hours. You've got to chalk up your 10,000 hours of sketching. Like, and that is the biggest lesson that you could advise anyone that wants to become a, a designer or an automotive designer or a product designer or a graphic designer. You need to learn and know the rules before you can break them. Um, because to the discerning, to the thought leaders, they'll be able to cut through a shitty idea very quickly. Um, and, and it's through building that knowledge and there's only one way to build the knowledge. It's still to get a good education. It's still to put in the time doing the sketching, doing the mock-up making, learning how things are made, learning about the business of design. So that, that's a really good point. And I'd say the other Another way of looking at this, uh, yeah, it's when I, when I was heading into automotive design, I was always told like the difference between you and a professional designer is mileage, like literal miles your pen has traveled on paper versus uh, somebody working in the industry. Wow. Uh, so how many miles has your pen traveled, Jason? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> Out to the moon and back. <laughs> yeah, dude. Three times. Um, but what's, what's an interesting way of looking at this is um, – yeah, if you look at like the mid-journey way of creating images now is like they're being created from someone's created from like concept imagery that people have created. But a lot of it is stuff that's out in the world has been produced, has had like, you know, giant workforces and design teams like 
defining, sketching these things, creating reality, and then those are the things that are being mined to create new images. The only way to create new fresh stuff is to create create a new vision and to explore. Uh, if you sketch the, sketch the thing that already exists, it's not it's not fresh. You're not creating anything new. So if you're sitting there, I think that this my personal kind of philosophy is like. If you're just going to be mining other people's images to try to create a fresh idea, there's going to be somebody else out there that is sketching that idea and bringing it into reality. And that'll get fed back into the global kind of, you know, awareness of what's been done, what is fresh. Things that get produced are the, the real milestones, not just a concept image. And that's, I think, what most designers are after. Uh, a great concept is is really fun, but when something gets produced, that's that's what the... That's the dream we're all after. Yeah. To me, what I've witnessed over the past year, uh, when you know, AI has been around for a while, but it's come to the fore, it's become a very prominent center stage topic uh, in all corners of society over the past year. And so whenever something like this takes the world by storm, it's just, there's a lot of, information to digest right you're getting hit in the face with it every bloody day um there's this linkedin posts it's like oh here's another guy fucking spitting out mid-journey shit and and it, it kind of gets exhausting and it's easy to become dismissive and i think um where am i going with this my my thinking what well, is that for a company like play and co who aspires to be thought leaders I think the responsibility to someone like Jason is to to help people make sense of all this shit and to help people to see the value in the context of what AI can do. And I think that's what I've been, our team collectively, Karen as well, we've all been particularly excited about over the past few months. So that's, I, th I think that's where we're at today. You know, there's, there's always this kind of adoption curve. There's this kind of shaky, messy, chaotic soupy nebula of all these kind of different opinions and then guys saying, hey, 50 alternatives to chat GPT and they'll put all, up all these logos of shit you've never heard of before and, and it's just too much. But I think design's role is to cut through all of that noise and to show people what's possible um, by the power of design. So I just want Jason to weigh in on that a little bit. The big thing I would say um, when you're approaching these tools is to do not use them in the way they're intended. Like challenge the, you know, why, like, if you look at like a mid-journey, try to create stuff that's different from everybody else. Try to understand how that model works and extract out of it what you need to communicate your ideas. So with stable diffusion, you know, it's a diffusion model. It's like geared towards creating super realistic, high resolution images. And I'm trying to get it to do the absolute opposite of that. I want it to look like a hand sketch with a little Photoshop brush on it that would have been what I've done already. Um, I'd say like one of the most informative YouTube videos I watched when trying to figure out how to do this was training a Laura model to put Jennifer Aniston's face on like any picture. And I don't want it to do that, but I had an idea of how that might serve me. And that's how I ended up going down this route. Um, and in a lot of ways, it reminds me of like being in school and having, you know, hitting a roadblock of like not having a command of SolidWorks or Alias in the time 
to learn it to effectively show your idea. At a certain point, you got to stop and sketch the rest of it if it's going to get you to what you need to communicate and move the process forward. It's harder when you're in school and you actually have to 3D print some parts. You end up like handcuffed to what you know now and you need to learn and move forward. So you're not going to stop at every single one in, in one fell swoop. So that'd be my biggest kind of... Um, word of advice is to like try to break the system of each one you're challenging because that is how we find new ways to use them and uh, don't forget what your objective is uh, as a designer is to communicate and if if you're being handcuffed by the output figure out a way to do it do what you need to do or look for another i think pioneering the process is a key thing because it's a different mindset to just follow blindly following people that have come before you at, at the trailblazers and then falling into line. If you're, if you're a true creative, you'd need to embrace the technology and, and, and use it to its strengths to serve your needs. Ab absolutely. And, you know, going back to, you know, the early days of what we now think of as industrial design sketching, you know, back in the days of, Raymond Lowy doing uh, some of the first examples of transportation design all the way to what's gotten us here. Where do you think things are going in the next five to 10 years, Jason, now that you've sort of cracked the code with uh, the tools that are available to us today? I mean, I don't expect that much to change when as designers, we're still trying to create, you know, producible industrially manufactured items. You know, I think the, the real big trends of, you know, platformization, you look at like Tesla, Rivian, SpaceX, you know, creating a single or like in footwear, there's like footwear uh, concepts or shoes, like the ultra boost, you know, you have one great kind of platform of components and you can squeeze years and years and years of value out of that by changing material color, kind of the storytelling aspect. And I think these tools are all great, but they're not gonna they're not gonna create some fresh new thing for you. Um, we still have to have like rich design conversations and be problem solving for something new. Um, and I think a lot of that new is in you know climate health, people health. You know, there's there's so many new kind of opportunities and kind of old stagnant industries that need design exploration and design thinking, but it still comes back down to those fundamentals, you know, like good proportions, good understanding of how people think and work and act and you know, use objects. And if you kind of stick to those as your, your foundation, as you approach new problems, AI will hopefully help us get there quicker, solve more problems and create more kind of effective products and brands and platforms that make a difference. But um, I, I don't think the robots are going to do the job for us. If you want to continue the conversation, share your thoughts, or suggest topics for future episodes, be sure to connect with us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and LinkedIn at PlanCo, or visit PlanCo.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and until next time, keep playing, keep designing, and keep pushing the boundaries of what's next. This is Play in Conversations, signing off.